You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody! Welcome to Low Key Wall. Um, I don't have everything else. I got Gunther in the background getting uh, getting everything ready, getting ready to leave. So I will turn the camera on in a second. So if you would just please bear with me. I, you know, um, we've got a whole bunch of cool stuff to talk about. I had a huge. I've been having a uh, big fun for the last few uh, whole two weeks at work. Um, like I said, it is a lot of work. I wasn't wrong. There's a lot of things that are broken that do need to be fixed. But what I have found out during that first week is they they know it's broken, but they never knew how to fix it. And they don't want to spend money to fix it if they know it's not the correct way. But if you show them that it's the correct way and this is the correct thing to fix and this is how you fix it, they pay to get fixed. Don't even hesitate. You know, it was the... Surprising. It was just like, well, we never knew that was. We knew that, was, or they'd go like, well, we knew that was bad, but we didn't know where else to do. So they just kind of stuck with it because it worked. Just like um, the networking scheme they have right now, um, they wanted to create a private network on the network for these servers. So what they did, are you ready for this? Put in a bunch of routers to create a private network on the network and then complained about speed on the inside of that network I know mm -hmm. I, hmm? what was on the inside of that network though printers what? so these create a uh, private network for printers and that's it yeah uh, okay not a database not a server, nothing, nothing, nada. It well, wasn't like it wasn't an email thing. It was like it wasn't cold storage archives. It wasn't customer data. That's somewhere else and behind a different firewall. But this thing, so, and they're like, "Well, it's just slow and it keeps crashing. I don't know what's going on." I'm like, "Well, it's slow because when it comes into it, it hits our router. We hit it through the our, it goes through our firewall, our D packet inspection." And then you guessed it, and then it hits another router. <laughs> what first has got to go through the congestion of our network. <laughs> then it hits another router, and that router's got to look at it now. But that router, since it's on the network, is looking at you know everything that comes through it. So it's in it's in a line. Fun times. Anyways, joined usually by Reinhold. Reinhold, uh, that's was Reinhold. Sorry, poor introduction. 
I didn't have a proper show in so long. I lost my way. It's all right. I'm here. Let's have fun. Yeah. We're going to have fun today. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun show. Um, but like I said, I've been having a ball these last few years. I bought some computers. I bought, um, I could, uh, the, I got did I did get denied for my monitor request when I bought new monitors. Put my request in for new monitors. I got denied. My boss said he didn't want 24 inch 1080p monitors for everybody. Can you believe that? He didn't want that. And you know what monitor size and resolution he wanted? You're not going to believe it. So he wanted 27 inch. 2K monitors, 25, 65, 1440. I'd like that. Can I get one? I was like, what? I was like, I just want to get monitors and not get my, I don't have to worry about monitors for like at least five to 10 years. Yeah, pretty much. We're not doing 4K, so yeah. yeah these, these will be fun. <laughs> put, a couple in, put a couple extra in on that order and sell them off back of the truck. <laughs> get, I hope I get two. I'm gonna get two. <laughs> so I'm gonna get two of these twenty. You can't just have one monitor. That's just not gonna work. That's right, just, right. Just... Uh, so, so I told him, like, can I get two? I was like, what's wrong with your twenty-four? Well, this one I could put to the side, go to three monitors, and this one's to the side, and that's just all command line all the time. But then the two twenty-sevens, I can like see everything, and I can put solar winds on this one. See? And he goes, no. <laughs> No, if you just got one monitor, you might as well just be running a wind-up laptop in Serengeti somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I'll tell them that. I'll tell them that. That's what I'll tell them. But anyways, that has been, you know, my work week. Ooh, we got some other people in the Walter stream room. We've got uh, original character, Do Not Steal. Okay. And we, got, and we got the one, Sailor Moon, fresh from not... Completely losing in the, the election, getting 2K votes, Sailor Moon. Yeah, it's, it's higher than what I get as a libertarian, so winning. That is true. You were, what, what, 600 votes higher than as a libertarian? Yeah, 600 people that would probably vote for Mark now, so winning. Woo, we got some bits! Woo! Thank you, like not for some bits. Woo, bits, 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 bits. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We got bits. We got bits. All right. So, um, because I've got some cool things to talk about. The main thing I do want to talk about and get on the discussion is about changing the day and time of Loki Wall. Doing it on Wednesday with a new job. Yeah, it's going to be kind of taxing on me, and for the simple fact that once we you start this new move, I have really know what my schedule is going to be. So only way I can possibly c confirm, right, that I know I can be able to do low key wall. I know I'd be able to do it and do it for you guys and hang out with you guys and ha and have the energy that you guys expect here on the low key wall when we hang out in the basement. Is we're going to probably have to switch it to. Um, uh, Friday nights, right after Liberty and Chills, so it'll be, you know, like, so like 10.30 after Liberty, you know, so like Liberty Chills into 10, 10.30, we start this thing up, we'll do some, um, 
we'll do low-key wall and run right into wall gaming after that. Um, it's one way I know to confirm. I don't know if we'll stay that way forever. Um, it possibly can change, but my next month is going to be, it's either move like this way for a month or two, or stop for a month or two while we do this, while I'm busy all these nights doing the, moving the facility from one, one area of Indianapolis to the other, fixing all those other issues and everything else that's wrong there. So, I get some long nights ahead of me, so this just seemed like the better solution. If, you know, some people watch the show, you guys are the regulars, the hardcores, if you guys gotta, you know, can think of, uh, if you guys don't like it, we can probably, we can tweak, we can miss some things. Granted, like, the awesome idea would be to do it, you know, at the same time, but on Friday, in the middle of the and chill, but I don't know if that's a possibility because, you know, the noise level just goes there. So. Well, plus, if you, if you do do that, then you're going to be focused on doing the podcast, which means you wouldn't be able to hang out, which is kind of the whole point of Liberty and Chills, hanging out and socializing. So, Correct, correct, correct. Yes. Let's see. Uh, yeah, low-key walls in the house. Even better time for me unless I'm going out at night. Oh, so, yeah, so like I know that's a better time for you. Um, we, I know a lot of people said they can't make Friday, uh, Wednesdays, but like Friday, that might be the night. You know, we might, that's, we may have found the actual real sweet spot of low-key walls. So, so on, I'm not, you're, you're trying to tell me, you're trying to tell me the libertarians have social lives? I mean, I don't know if I believe you on that. They have incredible social lives. Okay. All right. Okay. Incredible. All right. All right, and um, uh, I'm shocked that shocked that Friday night's a good night. Shocked, shocked, I say. But um, you know, so we'll play with this. You know, we'll you know, so this way you'll be able to keep with the current format and be able to have that in there without having to go a hiatus. Why? I like I said, I moved the whole department, which is going to be fun. I got the new computers already purchased. Monitors are purchased. Um, they wanted to purchase new keyboards and mice for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, because the, um, one of the guys said they hate the plastic of them, and I was like, well, I love Dell keyboards, so I think I'll be the wrong person. Dell keyboards and Mad Cat's mice, so if you want good quality keyboards and mice for someone to go out there, you're asking the wrong person, because I'd go to Mad Cat's and, or Dell and get, a, get the Dell keyboards and the, you know. We get a bunch of Corsair mechanicals or something, yeah. You know what? I should probably put that, I should have put that in the order. That's <laughs> But um yeah so we got you know so we're getting these uh, so we got the computers are going to come in um it was also weird having that conversation with the other IT staff when I was trying to tell them like because uh, I asked uh, where's the um uh, the rest of you sysadmin would love this one I asked do we have a uh, Microsoft uh, what is it the uh, uh, the uh, the what is that license called it's the I've been yeah. saying it all day I've been saying, the enterprise agreement. No, yeah, the enterprise, not the enterprise agreement, or the, the other one, the open one where you the can open. like the, the ability to deploy, like you own the licenses and you just deploy on all your machines. Yeah, so well, the, both do that. Enter, enterprise is a little bit more. Uh, yeah. you have to kind of negotiate and everything else. Open yeah. is more of a just buy as you need. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and uh, they're like, "Well, we don't have that." It's like, then how in the world are you just deploying Windows? <laughs> Well, we got this, and I'm like, "Oh, you use a USB drive? We're gonna stop that. <laughs> we're gonna get this license, and we're gonna go get some uh, real Windows CDs and use their equipment." I'm not saying Microsoft will send their lawyers to us, but if they come on the door. I want to be legit. 
Well, Microsoft won't come after you that way. They'll come after you and go, hey, we know you're out of compliance. Let us help you get in compliance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably right. They'll probably do it that way. And, uh, you know, and without warning. So I'd rather do it our way with with warning and considering that we have to do bought new, new machines and I didn't get ones with COAs on them anyways. So we'll have to get Windows 10 COAs and push it to the machines. It's a perfect time to get compliant. Right? Now, the obvious question is going to get asked, so I'll ask it. Okay. Why not just build Linux? Well, I thought about that. Okay, I really did. I really did, right? I thought about going Linux. But the uh, I couldn't get the uh, – I got dependency hell with the soft phone they wanted to use, and I couldn't convince the yeah. um, and them to get off the soft phones and go to hard phones. But I did convince one department, the uh, customer service rep. They were convinced to go to hard phones. And they're getting hard phones. She, she liked hard phones because, because like I was like I told them like, I can completely lock down their. It's like it's too hard to lock down the network and what they can do because if it's managed too much, they'll get poor voice quality. But if all the phones go through a different network, then the phones will be fine. And she's like, make it so. And I was like, yes, hard phones. Well, what what about the VDI thing you were talking about? Uh, um, they like that idea. They want to do something like that, but they said, as of right now, they don't want to pursue that. They said possibly in the future, when they finally bl- if they blew it out to the new suite that they go to. So they basically say, if my staff, if the current staff has to get larger because of the um, influx of computers, because there's no way that the three of us can manage all those p- machines by ourselves. Then they'll either they'll hire one on and then go to thin, thin client PDIs. So so in deployment, are you going to use something like uh, deployment services from Windows Windows deployment services or SCCM? See, like I thought about using Windows deployment services, but I really do love Fog Project, the Fog Project, because then I can leave. Uh, I really I like it. It's very simple. Uh, I don't like the fact that I have like this server sitting over there, and I don't. Um, and I didn't like it that I can't really control who uh, it's. Well, I can once I get in the settings. The settings are kind of wonky. I really do like Fog because it's it's really cool. It's slick in Linux. But when it comes down <laughs> to it, because I need to get it done in a week, I'm probably just going to use the Microsoft Windows <laughs> deployment. Well, deployment services <laughs> is great for getting the workstations out there quickly. Mm-hmm. The SCCM is much more for managing them after they're out there. Yeah. So you can do the deployment too, but it also like if you want to push out a new application package, you just yep. assign it to the people. It automatically installs the background, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm, and you can mm-hmm. see what's going on, who's using it, and then I'll have like ten machines all downloading Windows Update at one time, which was annoying this past these past two weeks, by the way. Because oh, yeah. all the machines were downloading the updates. I'm like, man, I really wish I had like one machine downloading the update, and then I could just push it through. Well, that WSUS will do that for you. So. Yeah, I do. I am, um, but I did find out also that the our PBX client they do not they have a physical server on our on our on our uh, on our network. That's where our our sorry our voice over IP solution. It's a physical server on the network, and they do not want it back. So I get a PowerEdge seven ten. So like, sweet, this thing's gonna be doing so I many jobs. Yeah, Hyper-V that sucker and throw a bunch of machines on it. 
bunch of servers on it. I know. I'm gonna. Tr I have no idea what it's running. I haven't really poked around into it because it's like it's the PBX, so I don't really touch it. I barely have access to it, so I'm just gonna complete deban and completely erase the hard drive and. Um, I have no idea if it has a co. I'm hoping it has a Windows Server co on it. I hope it does. Probably doesn't. It. It's probably through Linux. Probably not. Or, well, I mean, it would, if it was purchased, it probably it probably has one signed somewhere because I, yeah. I doubt that they bought it without the license. Correct. Yeah. Who does that, right? Who does that? All right. So, not to the. T I'm sure we're boring everybody with the tech talk as I. Uh, so. Um, let's move on because I'm sure you guys don't want to hear about the ins and outs of the tech thing of the, uh, of, the uh, uh, of my job. The one thing I do want to do is to get this going because I have been jamming to this song for like two weeks, and I've never really like shared it. At, well, not two weeks; it's been like months because it comes out on the. Um, I listen to this uh, podcast. It's a fun podcast, unlike the other podcasts that. You know, that we're libertarians. It is a DJ podcast. It's a bunch of DJs. They make mixes and they do their sets. And so they basically, and they take new music, mix it all together, and then make these cool, like, dance track sets. And then they, like, and they take breaks in the middle. They tell you about where you can find the new music, where you can go find this stuff, right? And I like it because it's a very different and cool, interesting way to discover new music. Instead, I wish more DJs would do this. I wish this idea would catch on. And I'm I, I'm tardy to the party, but the radio, but the uh, the podcast is called Communion After Dark Radio. It does goth industrial stuff, and you know, I, you know. So if you're not into that, I don't care. Uh, it's it's what I like. Maybe someone in the future, hopefully in the future, does like a you know maybe a hip hop one or a country DJ station or kind of like how Christy does. Her radio station, where she puts all the um, the the funny musics out there, because some of them I've never heard of or I've seen or something, but she'll find these deep cuts of things like, "Wow, this is freaking hilarious!" So, it's like, so I enjoy my drive into um into Wall every Tuesday. Gonna get to listen to that. So, the song I'm gonna play is called Rocket Man. Yeah. Now, I really do like listening to it right now, especially after everything that's has, you know, basically transpired. Like, the whole peace talks is like, because you think of how the world was <laughs> a couple months ago. <laughs> and I kind of, like, scary and just, just, like, brought up this whole, like, and especially since it's like, you know, it's an industrial track. Hey, I've got a resub! Woo, right hall! Resub! Woo, resub! Resub! What is that? Four months in a row, resub. Thank you, Rival. Thanks for the sub. But it shows you how scary the world was. Um, 
and and not much of a different place that we're in now because of it. Uh, um, that song is, uh, of course, uh, Rocket Man. Uh, my rea- uh, my uh, on Reactor Records. I'm gonna drop the link here. So if you guys, I'd put it also in the Discord so you can listen to that on your own, have fun with it, enjoy it. Um, go on the check. Okay, there it goes. I was like, did it go in there? I didn't see it. Like, presumably it wasn't scrolling for some reason. I don't know. Well, I have a TV recommendation if you get when you're ready for that. Uh, last TV show you recommended to me. Um, you still haven't got up with, so I don't hear it. Made me want to, uh, well, um, I, I would, but like I said, it drove me to um, put me in a dark place. That's all I can say. Put me in a dark place. <laughs> You, I, I told you it's after the second season. It's uh, the best show on TV. Woo, got another sub! Lake Noah, thanks for the sub! Woo! Woo, sub, you rock! Yeah, we got some subs! Sub train! Sub train! Alright, so, yeah. But, but listen but listen to this. Listen to the, the, uh, the premise behind this TV show. Uh, it is... Uh, how do I explain it? It's... Um, you remember the TV, the movie uh, Karate Kid? Yes. Okay, the original Karate Kid, not the the one that came out recent, you know, somewhat recently. What, what we try to say, Will Smith's son isn't the Karate Kid, but Jackie Chan. Just, just saying. He's, as he learns kung fu in the Karate, I mean wushu in the Karate Kid. Why are you Why are you learning? Wushu instead of karate. It's called the Karate Kid. I haven't figured that one out yet. Anyway, so there's a TV show that is the extension of the movie taking place, you know, however many years later. It's taking place Mm -hmm. in present day. And it stars Billy Zabka, who played Johnny, Mm -hmm. uh, the Cobra Kai guy. And it stars Ralph Macchio, who played the Karate Kid. Danielson. And it's basically them reconnecting and reigniting their rivalry after however many years uh, because of a series of circumstances. Ooh. All right. Okay. Okay. And it's actually very good. The acting is excellent. The writing is good. It's, it's well done. Especially if you're a guy like me who grew up in the 80s and this was the, the stuff that the first couple episodes are for free out on uh, YouTube. It's YouTube Red Show, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of good '80s music in it. And the first episode actually flashes back to the movie like three or four times, little snippets and scenes in the movie that it references. Oh, so like you know, you just got Amazon Prime. Enjoy it. There's tons of lists out there that allow you to think that you can buy on Amazon. That will quickly get you your Amazon Prime money back just from the fact that you're getting it cheaper on Amazon or just because it's free shipping. It's really, really cool. Uh, I love it. I get my money back all the time with Prime because uh, the two day shipping is great. And yep. also, all of the TV shows now and movies that you have access to on Prime Videos Top Gear, Grand Tour. Um, uh, you can now watch Runaway Slave. Um, like I said, it was on Amazon Prime. It's on a prime movie. That's Doc- a really good movie. That uh, Runaway Slave. That's a really good one. Doctor Who is another one. Yeah, but you know, after Eccleston, just stop. Nothing else happened after that. <laughs> that's when it got good, man. Just stop at Eccleston. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm a 
original series Doctor Who fan, so we don't need to be talking. (laughs) Probably one of the worst. How dare you? He was the best. He was the best Doctor of all time. No, the the Doctor we just had was the best. Mm. Uh, There's no question in anybody's mind that he was the best Doctor ever. Eccleston, I know. Uh, yeah, moving to from rural Kansas, uh, from rural Kansas to Atlanta. Uh, so I'll be using. Oh, so moving to rural. Oh, so you moved to Kansas. Yeah, that's like the the flattest state. That's just yeah, but he's moving. He's moving from Atlanta, so he's probably now got twice the money he used to have. Oh man! It's um, like I can buy a house here for half of what my rent was. What? Yeah, I recommend if you are if you live in Kansas, get a Jeep. You won't need it in Kansas, but you can drive to Colorado and have fun though. So get a toy, get a toy Jeep. It'll be fun. You'll love it. What? Have you never been to Colorado with your Jeep? It's it's a lot of fun. Never been to Colorado with my Jeep, but we have hills in, in southern Indiana. That's not the same. It's not the same. Well, I'm 50, so. <laughs> hey, we're kind of. I have to take a slower. Got to take a All righty. Um, now, moving on to an article that um, I supposed to be because, one, I'm really into cars. Okay. So, uh, plan is to trade my liberty for a Wrangler. I approve. Um, <laughs> He's going to get an actual Jeep. You, yeah, you're going to get put the, the Dodge Cal, uh, the 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 what is it? It's really just a Dodge Dart with a box kit. So he went to Colorado, rented a four by four, abused it horribly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you do. You just abuse them. Get the insurance. Have fun. Honestly, if you're renting anything, you can turn a, treat anything like a. If it's rented, you got full coverage on it. Treat it just, just, just. It's the fastest car in the world because you can just beat on it. But uh, all right, so it's an op-ed piece, uh, the New Jersey Opinion, um, which is cool. It's, I, I liked it. I know it's just an opinion piece, but you know, to me, it ranks in truth. So, um, for a decision to drop cars. Motors are being driven to extinction, which as someone who appreciates the drive and just, you know, just being on the road and can't be stuck with these idiots who do not understand how to drive a car or really understand it because I know I'm not the best driver in the world. I know this. I've been around people who can drive a lot better than I can. But when I'm out on the road, it drives me freaking nuts because they just, they just, I don't know. It's just. Just logic goes out the windows with some of these people. But anyway, so I've seen the future and it is grim. I'm talking about the recent decision by Ford to stop making cars of the traditional four-door variety. Ford executives announced recently that the company will be discounting production of cars like the Fusion, Taurus, in favor of pickups and SUVs. The Mustang will be saved. Really? I don't think really. Okay, okay, the newer Mustang is getting better. It can actually corner now, so I'll give it that. Um, but anyways, but it's a, but it's targeted at a demographic that's quickly disappearing. People who actually like to drive. There's still some of us left, but it's a dangerous world out there for anyone trying to navigate a car and the convoy of monster trucks that occupy the American road. 
I discussed this the other day uh, with a G. Clitorio, the French-born anthropologist who was consulted with the number of car companies on automotive design. Rapiel is famed in the field of noting how the typical American favors what he terms the reptilian brain when it comes to vehicle choice. The reptilian brain says that you are more powerful and more in control when you look down on other people, Rapiel told me. He said his intense studies of focus groups showed studies even highly educated women channel their inner reptiles when it comes to cars. They all said, I love the SUV because I can look down on the guy in, the, in his porch, she said. They feel more safe and secure than SUV. Rapil himself drives a Porsche, but he knows he is in a losing battle when it comes to cars. Ford found that out when it tried to market nimble little cars like the Focus. I think it was a mistake for Americans to concentrate on small cars. That goes against the American archetype. I said Rapil, who moved here in his youth, when do you have enough money? Never. When is your house big enough? Never. When is your car big enough? Big enough. Never. Rafael knows where uh, whereof he speaks. He lives a there's a couple blocks from Mar-a-Lago and Palm Beach with vies for title of the world capital of wretched, wretched excess. So it's so common to have a Rolls Royce that people want something different, he said. That has led to such vehicles as the $100,000 pickup truck, he said. Another expert on the, on the automotive industry told me that such monster trucks are actually encouraged over cars under current federal regulation. Here's the federal government check. Picking winners and losers. Industry experts Bruce uh, Belosky said the federal government inadvertently aided in the demise of the domestic car when the big three car makers were in mere recession. The Obama administration reacted by crafting uh, fuel economy regulation that favors so-called light trucks, pickup trucks, and SUVs over cars. Under the Curfe Cafe regs, a small car has to get 45 miles per gallon, while a large pickup truck can get away with 25 miles per gallon. The bigger the vehicle comes with more with profit margins, so it's a mystery why cars are being phased out. Um, Belosky said, the reason the Obama administration puts, puts it in that way is, they did, is what he, they didn't want to put the U.S. companies out of business, said Belosky. I think they thought gas prices would stay high. With, gas, with high gas prices, the physics picked of the regs would lead to a mix of 60% cars and 40% pickup trucks and SUVs, he said. But when gas prices dropped, the 60-40 mix went the other way. That led to the domestic car market makers to abandon car production uh, to the foreign brands, he said. But that's not the end of the bad news for car lovers, he said. We drivers or ourselves are slowly becoming obsolete, said Belowski. Belowski is the managing director of Automotive Futures Group, based in Ann Arbor. From when he, where he said, it looks like the future is going to be self-driving cars. It's going to be this long transition period until people give up driving. As people get used to the such features as super cruise control, which keeps the vehicle in its lane at highway speeds, they will eventually get used to taking their hands off the wheel, he said. That's sad. I love driving. It's so much fun. I don't understand it. The next step might be... I, hmm? I used to drive uh, an El Camino, and let me tell you how white trash I was. <laughs> Like those cars are made. You, I like I like those cars. Like they they have like a steel body, mm -hmm. and you can pop them up on a lift kit. You know what I mean? And like do like peel out in the parking lot at the Taco Bell, and people and women were like, "Hell yeah, niece!" I'm like, "Hell yeah, I got Bud Light at my house." What up, girl? Very good reason the chat. That's uh, an American response. Yep, American response. Let's see a whole lot of Twitter crawlers, but yeah, but like um. 
Toyota can get away with it because of also like cafe service because they sell so many Priuses. That's why I have to say so many Priuses. They get the average of the cafe standard, so they get away with it. That's why so many car manufacturers make these throwaway hybrids or electric cars that no one buys just for to get around the cafe standards. Um, yeah, average. Ford just announced though. Ford just announced they're getting rid of the Escort. You know. The, all their cars. I mean, they're going just the trucks almost. So. Yeah. yeah. No one makes a mini truck anymore. Ford does make the Ranger, barely make the Ranger, but they'd rather you go to the bigger truck because it's, you know, it's cheaper, better margins, or their um, uh, their van that they have. They make a mini van. That minivan. My God, this article is so urban city oriented. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it kind of is. Well, that's the thing. W- when it comes to most people who buy cars, there, you know, you expect to be someone in a small in a big city that would like something small and nimble, and that's not being the case. Most people are buying these gigantic SUVs. They don't know how to drive. They don't know how to park it. The computer does most of his stuff for them, but when the computer freaks out or they have to do something, they have no idea what to do. It's crazy. Yeah, and they buy the big the big trucks and thinking, oh, I'm going to need this to haul stuff, and they don't they don't ever use those oh, things. Yeah, they're. Hitches are rusty because they never attach anything to it, or they got they have the paint on it, or they just put the truck nuts, the truck nuts. You know who's really responsible for that? The Nissan Titan XL. God damn you, Nissan. <laughs> well, you wonder you wonder what the car industry would look like if the government would just stay the heck out of it and let them design cars for what people want. Yeah. Well. That's what Nissan did. Nissan was like, we're not selling our old like Altimas anymore because Nissan's biggest seller was the Altima. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the people, the only people buying that were like 35 year old, like mid career women that it's like, oh, it's my cute little blue Altima that I could drive around with like, you know, the five buttons on the front. But then they started making like the Titan because Nissan already made trucks. They made like, you know, semi trucks that you could transport like a whole bunch of shit back and forth. That's what they use in like Europe and uh, in Asia. But they started like, you know, why if, if we can make a pickup truck? So it was like a pickup truck that wasn't an American pickup. It's not like a Chevy or a Ford or a Dodge. You know, it's just random, you know, Asian pickup truck that people just bought and drove. It's like, man, it's, it's a slick looking truck. And they just made it huge. Like, it's a huge ass truck that you can buy from Nissan that was super cheap. And people just picked up on those like all the time. My backup camera, so if I can save one life. Yeah, I like I got frustrated with my boss because he would when he backed up his car, he would look he, just at the backup camera, not the mirrors. He would just right in the backup camera and go, bruh, bruh, bruh. <laughs> and then there's Mazda, right? Mazda went total four cylinder. All these cars are four cylinders. Every last one of them. There's not, not there's not one four. All these just four cylinder, four cylinder, four cylinder, four cylinder, four cylinder, four cylinder. They're all four cylinders now, or in the diesel, and the diesel. Don't forget about the diesel, because uh, well, the other because Europeans love diesels. The other auto particle too. They start talking about self driving cars. Do people really think that's going to be a thing in the next ten years? No, 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 no. The federal government will uh, put it put a halt to that. They don't like that innovation. I like the well, idea. It's not, it's not that. I just don't think the technology is going to. Yeah, that's true. For some things, you know, like for long There's... haul truckers, it makes sense. They'll fuck up when the GPS fucks up. Like when you go to Carmel, Indiana currently, and if you haven't updated your GPS map, 
like it's like okay the highway is right here but the highway is no longer there like they moved the highway like 500 feet somewhere else and made it a roundabout mm-hmm. so like when you go normal your gps is like hey just turn left here and you look out there and it's just like a building <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> it's like you know, you have to drive through it. And that's just going from Carmel to, like, Westfield and Kokomo, you know, from that highway injunction. Because they redid the whole highway system, but they haven't updated the GPS yet. So mm-hmm. the GPS updates, you know, maybe every year when they get the mapping people out there to redo it. So mm-hmm. people that are running, like, you know, the last, you know, update in the, the GPS system don't have those updates on the, the, the system yet. So self-driving cars will function partly on what they can see in front of them. Well, I think you can see on the back of them and the sides, but mostly through GPS. You know, this is the highway you're supposed to be on. We're going to go here. And you'll have a self-driving car just hang a hard right and crash into a hospital. <laughs> Hopefully that well, even, even they say when you're operating a car, you're not supposed to take your hands away too, too long. And you have to put your hands back on the wheel every so often to keep things going because you have to still have some human interaction control because computers just aren't going to be able to make all the decisions you need to make to say, drive safely. You just put an orange in there. I've seen that video. You just put the orange right there, and you just cruise and fall asleep. Yeah, but that's how. What, what about the guy who just died recently because he went through a place and the car uh, adjusted wrong and turned him right into an embankment and killed him? Well, it's hey, even uh, better when it differentiate between summer and winter. It's like. Oh, we're on I-70, you know, there's a couple of potholes, you know, it's like, let's just go 65 miles per hour and like dead away. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would do would like this to is, see AI is, dodge potholes, it'd be great. I mean, it's a great theory, and I think maybe in 20, 25, 30 years maybe, but I just don't think it's going to happen the next decade. You know, not as, if, not as a thing, really. If everyone drives SUVs, we... What about, we don't need more roads, paved more roads anymore. We can have gravel if everyone drives SUVs. There you go. Dirt roads. Going, going back to dirt roads. The, the correct yeah. vehicles. Oh, I live on a gravel road, and that's not, no, it's not. It's, it destroys your car so much. So is that why you had to go for the Rubicon? You're like, no, no. I could not even play it around. No, that's why I'm always I'm always messing, having to mess with the the tie rod ends and everything else in the car because it's just it's too much damage to them. They're not made for them anymore. If your road is if that if your road if a road is destroying a Rubicon, that road is dis- disgusting. Okay, I, I want to put it out there. <laughs> I don't know if I want it. It's yeah, it's Putnam County. Yeah, yeah, it's disgusting. They don't take care of these roads. We have to. The farmers take care of it more than the cities. The county does. Hmm. may have to build a rally car to come out there and just like just put around all right let me go finish this article real quick um the next step might be to permit um only autonomous vehicles in our cities eventually we'll we old-fashioned drivers might be restricted to some country roads where we can drive around in circles waving at each other as for me i'll i'll, I'll give up my stick shift when they pry it from my cold dead hands when they'll probably do it after i get run over by a self-driving SUV. Plus, the Wall Street Journal gets it. Most of the media seems to be run by people who don't care about cars, actively hate them. Well, that's the thing. Majority of people hate cars. They only really use them to get from point A to point B. It's the only reason car manufacturers keep buying, it keeps have the ability to sell the same crap over and over and over again and call it new. This is the reason why the muscle car era, like you can tell each different year of a car from the way it looks because people weren't going to buy the same crap each year. But guess what? But, you know, 
most cars right now looks the same for through the model years. You know, there'd be like little changes in there, little 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 small little like snippets in there. So, you know, the stick shifting. Yeah, I feel you. I love shifting gears, right? But there's some people that don't. They don't wanna. And now automatic transmissions are actually faster than you can shift it. But that's not the point. The point is shifting. That's why Porsche went ahead and made a GT3 with a proper gearbox in it, even they know it's going to shift slower, but they said, but people bought, didn't buy that car for speed, they bought it because they wanted to drive, so, there's that. Well, parking has an issue to do with it, too, uh, you know, when you drive cars, and you drive all these cars all the time, you have cars everywhere, and people just hate parking, that's the worst part of driving, especially, like, in a metro area, where it's like, hey, I mm -hmm. want to go eat restaurant i have to drive for 15 minutes then you're forced to pay 25 bucks to go park at the parking uh, garage hmm. and then you run out of space in the parking garages and then you have to build a new parking garage and you have like homeowner communities and business communities being like no fuck you where you're not building a parking garage here so you don't get any new parking like broad ripple is like notorious for this you know it's like getting somewhere to park in broad ripple is a pain in the ass you're parking in the grass by a creek <laughs> you know that's, that's where you're parking because there's no space um, you know, so people just don't want to drive. So like, you know, fuck it. We'll, we'll just, we'll just Uber there. We'll take a taxi there. We'll ride on the bus. We'll walk there, you mm -hmm. know, because they just don't want to deal with, uh, you know, coming to Broad Ripple late at night and then trying to get through the traffic jam in the center of Broad Ripple, for example, then finding a place to park. That's like four miles out from your destination where you have to walk to anyway. And then when you have to walk drunk back to your car and get in your car and you're going to traffic jam again. <laughs> Yes, Ophelia, yeah, like, to me it was so much easier, what I used to do to get into Broad Ripple, it was so much easier to, uh, now, to, to park my car at, like, Glendale Mall, well, formerly Glendale Mall, and just walk into Broad Ripple, so much less hassle, so much less hassle. A lot of that can be solved just by putting in inner city rail, right? Ah, the old ideas, trains are stupid, no, trains are dumb, okay, alright, um, they're a dumb idea because they're subsidized. They have to be subsidized. They would fail. They would fail miserably. So we don't need that. No. I'm um, a recent chap. Hey, it's Christy. Hi, Christy. She says she's on the desktop app and appears to be working at the moment sitting on the porch with the princess. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, you know what? I did forget to share this out on everybody. I apologize. I feel bad now. I didn't share it remind everybody what's going to happen. Um, what can there's so much federal safety regulations basically just dictate the form and shape of many vehicles nowadays. Man, I hate today's huge front pillars. Let's put a giant spot. In the yeah, the, the front pillar is such a blind spot on a lot of cars. It's, uh, honestly, I have issue with most cars after 93. Um, with some, there's exceptions like my I love my RX-8. I love the Dodge Neon from '95 to '99. Actually, all Dodge Neons, I love them all. Even when it had its um identity crisis in the 2000, when it's really finding out what it was. Uh, but anyway, so I got a cool video that we're gonna watch, and we'll we continue talking about cars after the video. But I just want to watch this video. I love this video. I I share it to people. So very cool. What if it's a Neo Geo Sport? Oh, those are fun. Those are those are good rally cars. Okay, those are the, those are the cars you rally. Just uh, pop out your Jeep Wrangler, your, your fucking Suzuki with your New Balances we on, being like, "Let me tell you about the space market." You and I, we lovers of speed, 
We devotees of power, performance and noise. Go away, we are told, and take your carbon fibre and your fire-spitting V12s with you. There's hardly a place for us out here anymore. Not amongst all the commuters and congestion. Not in this growing age of safety and restraint. The practicality trumps adrenaline. Where the ratio of miles to the gallon is championed over horsepower to the weight. The evidence is everywhere. You and I are being squeezed out, pushed aside and hunted down at every hairpin turn. And yet, there is hope. There is a safe haven. A place where we are free to challenge conventions, push the laws of physics and drive our powerful, our beautiful machines hard. It's not a racetrack in Germany or even a highway in Montana. It's not even a real place, actually. It's more than that. It's a communal celebration of horsepower, torque, grip, leather, technology, beauty. It is the last bastion of automotive lust. And it's right there in your living room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a Forza Motorsport 4 commercial. But you know what? It speaks to me. You know, like the whole idea, like we're being squeezed out. No one likes us anymore. No one likes our cars. Like, like every time I go anywhere, uh, yes, yeah, got Clarkson. You know, Je uh, Jezza. Um, every time I go anywhere in the RX-8, especially with with Gunther in the back, it's all I hear is like, "Why do you have that? You should get a minivan or something else." Why? Why? I comfortably fit in that. Don't you need more room? Room for what? I got plenty of room here. I got more room than you do. If I need a haul something, I got my station wagon, right? And it don't get me wrong, this it's easier to move things around in the in the station wagon. But most of the time, when I'm just taking her from the babysitters to work and to home and stuff like that, these little small trips, my small car, my small little RX8, it does the job perfectly fine. You know, and it's and and when I get there, the base of there, all these people in these massive SUVs with two people in it for some awful reason it makes no sense. You know, I am not planning on having five kids. Um, one's enough. That was such a traumatic experience on me that I'm fine with one right now. Um, so yeah, as I said, like it's you know. I, you know that really touched me because, like the, because like yeah, most people you know they don't like big cars and stuff like that. And people complain about the <sighs> miles a gallon on the RX-8 or the Jeep or the you know the V8s, you know the Camaros and stuff. Like that. I love these cars; they're freaking awesome. But I love cars that do stuff like that, and it's and I love the experience of driving. Uh, just like some people look at people who ride motorcycles as crazy as they get on there, like they have nowhere to go; they're just out riding. Yeah, I do that with a car. It's a lot of fun. You know, like, gas is so expensive. It, yeah. But I'd rather buy a tank of gas and put it in the RX-8 and use it all in one night. It's still cheaper than most bar tabs. So, 
That's where I get my fun. I love gas. I love using gasoline. So, so that's cars, man. So, what do you guys? So, okay, all right. So, what are you guys' true opinion on that? I, to me personally, I think we are being squeezed. Uh, uh, car manufacturers are being squeezed out. Uh, well, not car manufacturers, but drivers are being squeezed out. No one wants to because the commuters, the multiple commuters, the soccer mob, they got that. This is what they want because they don't care about the car. Look at the car like Deer Leader Driver. Most people got these boring, no-nothing cars. So they might as well just be boxes with wheels and just have some, and they're painted these ugly gray colors with no soul, no emotion into them. That, that has to do with the Japanese and Korean markets that build plants here. Like, we don't allow, uh, like, American manufacturers, we... We don't, we don't even Harley Davidson's kind of going bankrupt at this time, so American cars are going bankrupt. Well, the only time we build cars here anymore is when we have a, a trade deal with Korea or we have a trade deal with Taiwan or Japan, and we say you can sell your Hyundai's, whatever you want here, as long as we build like a seatbelt here or we build a drivetrain or something ridiculous like that. Mm-hmm. So your market gets flooded with that, like here in Lafayette, right? Up here in Lafayette, the biggest car plant here is Subaru. So yep. everybody drives a Subaru in Lafayette. So everybody's car looks the same. They're all Subarus. It's the biggest job uh, creator in, you know, Tippecanoe County. So, you know, when people like, we'll talk about the Subaru, like, oh yeah, I got the Subaru plant. We get like 20% off the car here at the Subaru plant. So everybody drives the Subarus. It's, it's not so much as like the small cars going away. It's just, you're getting boxed out by Japanese and Korean uh, competitors who have a function for formality. Like, they don't build cars to be unique. They build a large scale of them to basically sell at low profit, you know. So it's just like here's uh, 50 types of cars that are the same thing, but they work in, you know, Japan. They work in Korea, so they'll work here too, and people buy them. So you're just buying the same, you know, Japanese shit over and over and over and over, and they don't really innovate their cars. They just keep them the same. They just add new features to it. It's all about the features. That's all the Japanese do is add more features. But the Japanese do make cars, powerful cars, cars with souls, cars with beings on it. Though. They still do that. But you're right, majority of them are because Mitsubishi took away the Evo. Um, it is kind of like depressing to watch the car company that did like you know that did make the 86. They made the Supra. They make Priuses too. Well, you know, we all can't be initial D. You know, so it's like. Um, <laughs> It's just if if you it's it just happens you know it's just people don't buy Harley Davidsons you know people don't buy Indian anymore and Indian's a really unique motorcycle company mm-hmm. um, it's got like a long history in the U S uh, they don't buy them anymore because it's just so out of the box and people are just like you know why, why I'll just go buy this crotch rocket that was two hundred miles per hour you know on the highway so I'll just buy the crotch rocket um, the only people that buy like Harley Davidson and Indian anymore are basically biker, you know, clubs that are like 40, 50 year old boomers, 60 year old boomers that just bike around town for like benefits shows. You know, it's the only people that buy them anymore. Yeah. Uh, for here, it's like, you know, if you're not buying like your, you know, make it. Um, James, we've got a question in the chat. What was your vote total? Do you know yet? We can only assume he's been droned, right? Yeah. But yeah, um, I love some of the Subarus, the WRX, the STIs. These are beautiful cars. The BRZ, beautiful cars. You know, with soul in it. What I'm talking about is like the Chrysler 200. 
everything Buick has made since the Grand National. <laughs> um, you know, like, because, like, remember, like, Pontiac, except the Vive, <laughs> used to make cars, like, excitement, the excitement edition. They would make these exciting, cool cars. Granted, I hated most of them, but, you know, they were at least exciting and ridiculous. I guess I'm the fuddy-duddy who represents the purely utilitarian car guys. Unfortunately, I just don't get it. But the thing is, like, I kind of get it because, you know, you just, you, you're in the car. You're just looking for something that gets you to point A to point B. And I get that. And there's more of you than they are of me. I'm used to that. It's just annoying. The serious lack of innovation in motorcycle segment, yet again, likely because of government regulation. Yeah, um, I'm, I've been noticing that because I was like looking at it, like trying to thought about getting an, another motorcycle. Uh, was I wait to you know until I finish the wire, you know, finish the wiring on mine, and it's, it's looking at them, they're like these are all the same bikes with different years on it. And then, to me personally, I, I I think a lot of the Harley bikes are like completely overpriced for what they were, are when they get sold. Um, and, and then some of them are depressing when I see like a bike, like a Harley bike. They're like, oh, this thing's brand new. It's like they look brand new. Look, literally, look, someone took it, put two thousand miles on it, and then parked it for three years. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. That was fun. Rode it all summer, did all these trips, it went on like a trip, and then parked it. You know, never really been driven, written hard. But but then again, the Kia, right? The, your Kia Soul, that has soul, that has some heart to it. That car has some ex excitement. It's got, it got a, you know, it's not like, alright, it's, it may be kind of boxy. But it's designed very well. To me, I, I really want one because the entire car screams, please supercharge me. I want a supercharger. That's what the car to me looks like. It's just like, I want to supercharge me. <laughs> Let's go roast some Crown Vicks. That's what the car looks like to me. All right, so we're going to go to our uh, last video of the night. Um, this, is, this is a good one. You guys all like this one. Uh... This one, like, people have been talking about, people have been, like, freaking out! Uh, kind of talked to Ryan all about this, but, you, you know, you guys are good point. As I said earlier, our vision for our system is to help you get things done. It turns out a big part of getting things done is making a phone call. You may want to get an oil change schedule, maybe call a plumber in the middle of the week, or even schedule a haircut appointment. You know, we are working hard to help users through those moments. We want to connect users to businesses in a good way. Businesses actually rely a lot on this, but even in the US, 60% of small businesses don't have an online booking system set up. We think AI can help with this problem. So let's go back to this example. Let's say you want to ask Google to make you a haircut appointment on Tuesday between 10 and noon. What happens is the Google Assistant makes the call seamlessly in the background for you. So what you're going to hear 
is the Google Assistant actually calling a real salon to schedule the appointment for you? Let's listen. Hi, I'm calling to book a women's haircut for a client. Um, I'm looking for something on May 3rd. Sure, give me one second. Mm-hmm. Sure, what time are you looking for around? At 12 p.m. We do not have a 12 p.m. available. The closest we have to that is a 1.15. Do you have anything between 10 a.m. and uh, 12 p.m.? Depending on what service she would like, what service is she looking for? Just a woman's haircut for now. Okay, we have a 10 o'clock. 10 a.m. is fine. Okay, what's her first name? The first name is Lisa. Okay, perfect. So I will see Lisa at 10 o'clock on May 3rd. Okay, great. Thanks. Great. Have a great day. Bye. That was a real call you just heard. The amazing thing is the assistant can actually understand the nuances of conversation. We've been working on this technology for many years. You aren't talking to us, Harry. What? Audio. No sound. What? You, you, you know what? I have, like, all right, so, sorry. So, like, yeah, it's the future. It's the future is here, guys. You guys see that? It's the future. It, it took in English and responded with English. Yeah, just, they need to add that to AIs for all kinds of things, for, uh, robots and things like that yeah so if you're wondering if you ever wondered what is google doing with all the communications that they're sucking from your android phones from everywhere um this is what they've been doing with it <laughs> well one thing i should say one thing they've been doing with it doing ai learning to build this but it's <laughs> I really want to like. I'm not. So, I mean, I'm not shocked or some. Yeah, I'm not shocked from it. I just want to see. Well, how good is it? Now I just want to play with it. Send Shaniqua up there. Yeah, I would love to be able to do that because right now I have to sit there and I'm trying to work, but I've got to call doctors and pharmacies and all kinds of stuff. If I could just have an assistant do that for me, and I don't have to pay somebody to do it, I can use a. AI to do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why wouldn't I do that? Right. But it's, if, have, if, it, if the key is it records the call so I can play the call back later and make sure that everything was appropriate and nothing happened on the call that didn't, you know, that would look badly on me later, that sort of thing. But yeah. as long as it's recording the calls so I can do that, mm -hmm. um, I'm all for trying this out. This is, this sounds good. But I don't, are people upset about this? 
the people, the singularity people are upset about this. The people who really b believe into and b build into the singularity where how, you know, the curve where eventually at one point of time we'll cross this point where the jobs will be taken away because the, the robots of the future will take everything. It, that's, but that's going to happen. They cannot stop that. I don't know why they're upset about it. They yeah. should accept the reality of what's going to happen. You know why I'm upset about it? Because it just happened to me right here. <laughs> All right. Apple pushed an update. Okay. <laughs> Apple pushed a goddamn update that says, like, I, I am, I'm in my car when I'm talking usually. So, like, I have it plugged in to a, a, a micro USB that connects to my iPhone. Apple's update makes it so, like, if it's not an Apple micro C USB, it's going to charge at half the rate that Apple's USB will. Mm -hmm. Like... How garbage is that? that like, that's that's bad. I mean that that's that's a anti-competitive practice that I think they can get in trouble for. You you have no proof, okay? You have no proof it does that. But, they are making another change to to their to their USB connectivity that is actually a good thing for security and privacy things, but it's actually anti-law enforcement. But that's another boy, topic that we can get into. That's later. how bad. That's how bad technology is getting. It's to a point where it's not just a singularity. It's like a corporate singularity where it has to be this own thing. Like I can't just go to the gas station and buy a USB, pay $20 for it, right? Plug it into my car, plug it into my iPhone because it's, it's charging at half the rate because Apple's control of the technology is saying you have to buy this Apple product if you want your battery to go above 3%. If it's, but if they're going to get – but they're going to get slammed for that. That's the stuff that Microsoft tried to do back in the '90s and got killed for. It is not, that won't fly. It's Apple doing that. Fly. That will they will get smacked for that. No, they won't because they're doing it for safety reasons. Well, no, and the other the other thing too is if you have a phone that you have to buy Apple products in order to charge at full full rate, or you can go buy an Android phone and and buy any charger and do it at full rate. Are you going to switch over to an Android at that point? As long as there's competition, that stuff will get taken care of, right? Yeah. But when I plug in this this one, like the one from the gas station, right? It stays at 1% and it says device, you know, it says device not authorized. But when I plug in the iPhone one, it says device authorized. They'll still both charge, but one is way slower than what the other one is. And like I've tried it with multiple, you know, chargers. It's the same thing unless it's the Apple one. And it's just like, Okay, so you're you're limiting my recharge based on who sells me this. Like, or, but but is it that, or is it just because they have the technology in their chargers that lets the charge go faster, and somebody could make a, a duplicate of that and sell it, and you'd be able to use that instead? It also has data in it. It is sensing it, and to to see if it actually have the right uh, UUID to respond that it is an Apple charger inside of it. Yeah. Uh, it's just a bad thing with technology that makes it worse. You know, like you're going to get to a point where like, you know, when machines do take over and like computers do take over uh, certain things, it has to be a certain brand. There's certain mainframes you have to use. If you don't use this mainframe with this product, it has to go with this. It's going to be 50% less efficient than if you use the one that's bought by the same company. Like the all technology companies try to push this shit, and it's always kind of a lame when they do it. You know, you can't have and they it. always and they always fail doing it. That's the thing. This has always been a uh, a thing that's caught them in the end. It's an antitrust thing, I believe. Yeah. I mean, 
I'll just wait till new charges come out because people reverse engineer them all the time. Yeah. And make new ones and it's like, here you go. But it's just a pain because this is a waste of 20 bucks. You know, I, I have to go in the house and get my actual iPhone charger and plug it to the car. Um, well, it, it was like that. It was like that if you bought the the one point two you know amp charger as opposed to the two amp charger. I mean that was always the thing you had to look out for too on the, on those micro USB chargers. So I don't know if it's the if it's the Apple doing a check to see if it's an Apple's charger or not, or if it's just that they have something in their charger that allows it to charge faster. Well, it, it worked fine. Like I've had it for like quite a while. It worked fine until the last iOS update. You know, like this new mm-hmm. update. And they have- they have been making changes to the USB stuff, the charging and the connectivity. But this is not the first time Apple has tried to do that with multiple things on their, their, their devices. They always try to do it in some way where it's like you have to have this Apple device for it to function, you know, optimal. They'll say optimal. It, it's recommended and optimal. It's like, well, can you, you make checks? Well, yeah, they're trying to... They've always kind of done that too. I mean, I mean, from day one, Apple's always been in that proprietary, really hardcore proprietary company that's why i've always avoided apples because of that reason i've I've never bought an apple device or or a computer or anything like that because i don't want to be locked in like that yeah pretty much that's why i usually can i add i I mean even even microsoft at its worst was never as proprietary as apple is right yeah especially now windows is not the same windows of the 90s windows is very open now or I should say. Well, Windows has Linux inside of it. I mean, you can run Linux yeah. inside of Windows now. Yeah, yeah. Like my boss, like he saw my laptop. He's like, oh, you're going to turn your desktop into Linux machines? Like, I don't have to. I don't have to. I, I got my laptop. Right, yeah, I got my laptop for fun. And I, and I can just boot it up into a VM, do what I need to do, destroy my you know Linux VM, and I can still have Windows and get work done. You know, it's the proper way to do it. I mean, look at look at all the stuff that that Apple did to try and keep people from running things like uh, the virtual machines on their uh, computers. I mean, they finally let people do the the booting the Windows, but that took years of just pressure and fighting to make even happen. Yep, and um, I think a lot of people are see like um, noticing that they um, depreciate their 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 hardware way too fast because a lot of people are realizing like wow I can't use this Mac will upgrade High Sierra but I can get Windows 10 on this thing and it works perfectly good well it works very well with mm-hmm. Windows 10 he says yeah well that was the other thing too is everybody everybody kept saying well the Apple's the Apple computers are so great and they're because it's you know the Apple OS on the Apple product and it works great and everything else and then when they finally allowed Windows to be on there everybody went wait a minute this thing runs better under windows yeah like the old like the old like macbooks the old ones the old white ones they run windows 10 beautifully with like four gigs of ram i worked at a place where like can we get a vm of like mac going i'm like welcome to mountain lion son (laughs) you can can only use mountain lion like i can't use the osemi i can't use El captain like nope just Mountain Line. That's the only thing that's going to let it because every other operating system after Mountain Line has hardware ID checks. Yep. So it's going to check if like that motherboard is an Apple motherboard. If it's not, you're going to get a gray screen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because people were doing white boxes of of Apple, you know, to put Apple OS on, and they didn't want that. Now Microsoft went a whole different route. That's why they were so popular was because you could buy any computer and you put Windows on it. And it would right. work. Now that yeah. that brought in a lot of trouble because. Now you're trying to run this OS that's supposed to run on 
you know, thousands of different pieces and combinations of hardware. So there's going to be problems. And everybody's, well, it's buggy, it's buggy. I'm like, well, no, they're trying to do things that, you know, somebody like Apple doesn't have to do because they know what's going to be on that hardware. But, you know, yeah, but the singularity thing is, how, how are you going to get to that point without like two or three companies monopolizing the shit out of it? You know, it's like you're going to get to that point, but tech is still kind of like isolated in these little silos. You know, it's not like well, range solutions. But there's always going to be people writing the apps, right? So there's going to be specialized apps for everything. And those apps are going to be written by the, the software developers. Mm-hmm. So even with the singularity and we're running on, I mean, technically we're running on two or three different OSs right now. You know, that's always kind of been the way. It's never been, you know, 12 different OSs that we've ever run on. It's always been like, you know, it, in the old days, it was the, you know, the CPM machines and it went into uh, whether it was going to be like a Commodore 64 type of thing or, and, and then Windows came out and Apple came out and it started standardizing to where you had those two. And now you've got, uh, you've got Google jumping in. So it gives you a third option, uh, but still going to be those three options, right? Because, and Linux is out there too. So you've got that, you got that. That's always going to be, there's always going to be two or three platforms, right? Cause no one's going to no. I don't think they're ever going to be just one platform for everything. I don't think anybody's going to take over that way. Well, it's just the, the licensing is what hits you. Like if I'm a developer and I have this application, I want to make money on. So I, I have to go to the Apple store. I have to agree to like this, 30 page terms of service of what I can and can't do with my own code on the Apple store. Mm -hmm. And if I don't, if I don't agree to it, my app never gets sold. You know, Apple will pull the thing off there. Uh, Google does the same thing. Um, Microsoft app store does the thing as well. So you'd have to make like another third party application download website, which is always, it's pretty janky way because it's like people like, well, if you don't like YouTube, make another YouTube. It's like no one has that infrastructure available to do that. You're talking like a data center of like, you know, servers to run these things. Like, yeah, you can make a homebrew server, no problem. We can, you know, share videos, but they're so far ahead of you. But if you want to make an app right now that you want to run on the Apple platform, on the uh, Google platform, and on the Microsoft platform, you could do that in one code base now, right? You get Xamarin, you get... uh, the Microsoft, uh, which is the best coding environment anyway, slap Xamarin on that thing, and you can code one code and push it out to all three platforms. There's going to be some guy in this, like, you know, channel right now. He's like, let me correct you. Notepad++ is the best IDE, and I'm going to die by it. It's like, shit. Um, no. If you're doing, okay, if you're real do, doing real work, you want to go Microsoft. If you're doing play work, if you want to play around with uh, with coding, then yeah, you can do whatever you want to with it. But you're not going to be able to use those tools. You know, like okay, you got to you got to code in in Notepad plus plus or Ultra Edit or all these great coding environments. Great for you, but see, Microsoft can do all the same things. Plus, they've got the Xamarin tools to push to all three platforms. Mm-hmm. Why would you stick with that other? I don't understand. I mean, a lot of the stuff I think is just people with they're anti this stat, you know, beliefs or that or whatever. And that's fine. You can do whatever you want. I don't care, but don't try to te- tell me technically that that's not a cool thing to be able to do to have one code base to push to three different platforms. 
Do you remember when the CIA actually had like a uh, a backdoor into Notepad Plus Plus? That was like a huge issue like two years ago, and a lot of people forgot about that. It was like the IDEs and stuff. Like Notepad Plus Plus had to do like a a hot fix because like the CIA, like the actual CIA, had a backdoor into Notepad Plus Plus to view people's code in real time. <laughs> I thought that was like the funniest shit. I'm like. It was like it was on their web page and everything. They showed the backdoor loophole. They showed who was connecting to it. CIA, like CIA, is spying on developers, and like nothing came of it. You know, people just like the updated. I'm like, that's kind of funny, because like that's a huge breach of security trust between like the U.S. government and technology. That you know, as we push out like all this new tech and it becomes integrated into like everybody's life, that these government agencies have backdoors into all your technology, even as something as simple as Notepad. They I mean, every yeah, everybody talks about open, open the coding, open sources, and all that stuff. That stuff's going to get in there when you do that, right? Because if anybody can push to the to the code base, you don't think that the government's in there doing stuff to do that. And you can say, oh yeah, we checked the code, we can look at the code because we can see it. How long was that bug in Unix in Linux? Um, the the DNS bug for thirty years? Yeah. No one caught it. Thirty freaking years. But Debian's usually very good, but by good, Debian just doesn't add anything. They just don't add anymore. <laughs> They're just checking code. Here we got the new release. You just took stuff out. Yep. <laughs> we want to add these other things. That go ahead, fork it. But Debian Pure is this. <laughs> so I mean, that's so that that's the whole conversation there. I still don't think even with. So, like, what Google's going to come out with this? You don't think Apple's going to come out with something just like it, and Microsoft's going to come out with something just like it too? So, whichever platform you're using, you're going to be able to do this stuff eventually. Uh, they'll port the assistant onto the other platforms. Mm-hmm. Microsoft will port Microsoft will port their stuff to anybody nowadays. They've always done that. They've always ported to wherever. And they yep. were they were the biggest applica- application seller on Apple for thirty years. Oh yeah, they're they're a software company. They don't care so much. They, the OS is great, but that's you know that made them who they are. But they're a software company. They don't care. Yeah, they tried doing hardware. They got boned on that one. Even though the Surface tablet is badass, though. Well, well, and the Zune was the better, superior product to the iPhone. Oh yeah, so. the Zune was amazing. Anyone who dissed the Zune just never touched one. They would never. It understand. was so much better sounding. It was much better to use and handle. I mean, mm-hmm. I had an iPod. I had a Zune. I had them both. And yeah. let me tell you. Because <laughs> my wife had an iPod, we got it for like a almost free from a something for some reason. So, so she had an iPod, I had the Zoom. It was she was just like, "How do I use this thing?" I'm like, "The Zoom, you just flip it up and it works. Just it, it worked great." Yeah. And that basis of that was on the phone. That basis of the phone became what became the Zoom and Windows Eight. Mm-hmm. You know that came out of all of the Zoom. The Zoom. So everybody's listening. So- You're using it now with Windows Ten and Windows. 8. I hate Windows 10, but Windows 8 is a beautiful operating system. Is that that's probably why I love 8 so much? Because I loved my Zoom. I loved how it just but Windows worked. 10 can be exactly like Windows 8 if you set it up that way. It's not that, that hard because it's all still in there. I know, and I'm doing that to my work computer, trying to get my Windows 10 to look like Windows 8. Because at home, I run Windows 8. Who's that starting? Except right now, I'm on my backup computer, which is running seven. Because this one, you just, <laughs> this, this one is you. Hey, I got the 2020. You leave me alone. I, I got the 2020. I, still, I, I go to clients and, and they're still running a Windows 7, and I'm just like, I got to touch these machines. It's so, so I can't think about it. It's just so. Not and that, it was great. I mean, Windows 7 was great at the time. Still is. But we've come a long way. 
oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. There's sometimes I get into Windows Seven and I was like, oh, I want to, mm, damn it. Well, just, hit, just the update. The, I just want to. Windows... I've gotten so used of hitting um, what is it, Windows X. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like machines broken. Oh yeah. Come down here again. But yeah, yeah. So still work. When, no, Windows X no, doesn't work was, on Windows that, Seven. Not on Windows Seven, though. but the uh, the great thing about thing now is that I had somebody who's wanted to up, update, upgrade a server, right? And we're like, well, we're gonna we're gonna do an upgrade. I'm like, well, and should we do this? I'm like, well, they don't do upgrades like they used to anymore, right? So they're laying a fresh image down. They're not in, installing into the same directory structure as they you know like they used to do. Try to write over the top of it. Mm-hmm. They just. They just put that into a different directory, lay down a fresh image, and copy your settings over it. That is it. It's far superior. Yes, much, much better. Anyway, so like you guys are talking about that, um, I put on the screen was F-Droid. The um, F-Droid is independent community source app store for Android that is completely free and open source software. With F-Droid, you can browse over 1,200 open source apps. Search and install apps from create and create what? repositories or create your own repository. Open F-Droid.org on your Android phone to the download the app and get started. F-Droid.org. 1,200 apps. 1200 open source app. Do you, do you do you remember how much crap that Microsoft got because they only had like 150,000 apps or something? Well, it's ju- that was junk. They were junk. Anyways, 1200 <laughs> open source apps. We're not going to use that store. It's only got 100,000 apps. Look at all. Oh, Apple's got a million, blah, blah, blah. They're all crap, but okay. they're all, yeah, they're all crap. They're all games. They're yeah. all games trying um, to get you to give them money. Yeah, microtransaction. Give, give me money. Give me. Anyway, so in the chat, I look. Like Anar said, I'm pretty surprised. Why wouldn't Google charge for this virtual assistant, or are they planning to? Because I'd still pay for it. Um, yeah, they. They're gonna make you charge for it because most people won't. Pl- um, because it's prop. It's not gonna be an Android pure. It's just gonna be in Google's skin of Android. So you'll pay by buying new hardware, or or we don't know yet. I mean, they they may actually decide to start selling something at one point. Who knows? Correct. Yeah, or an update to it, or to do that feature there. You know, because, who knows? Because you know, Microsoft's going to make it the same thing. They're probably working on it too. They just haven't announced it yet. So they're going to try and come out with something like that, and they'll port it and they'll oh, yeah. it, tie yeah. it into Office three sixty five mm-hmm. subscription or something. Man, that'd be awesome. Can you imagine that? It'd be great. Put that in Office 365. Integrate. Office 365, best application. That's why I take I I I moved from Windows Phone. I went to Android because you know it just kind of got to that point where I had to, and and uh, I I got the Microsoft Launcher because that way I could use the dang thing. I got actually got I got to upgrade someone today. I almost said it was a Monday from Office. What was it twenty? 12 or something like that he was running to Office 365. He's like, oh, I don't want to upgrade. Office is fine. Office is office is office is office. Wow, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, they, they, they're like, well, they, how much more can you even add to Office? Office has everything in it already. Oh, it has a lot more stuff in it, doesn't Ooh, it? <laughs> well, look at this. And then, like, I think the moment I was able to sync it, right, from his PC desktop to his iPad, blew him away. Yeah, I got all my documents up on my OneDrive. Everything is just—I mean, I know a lot of companies I know are putting in corporate OneDrives. 
yeah. point, which is yeah. kind of SharePoint, but it's um, it's a, a merging of the of the it's not SharePoint, but SharePoint. Uh, you know, the public OneDrive and then the SharePoint, yeah. they're kind of merging together to come into the OneDrive yeah. corporate. Yeah. And uh, but it's it's you, you can get stuff done and use Teams to get everything done. I mean, they they've really got it nailed down for companies, right? Mm-hmm. Companies wanting to get work done, you go to Microsoft. And you yep. yep, yep. If you want to get work done, you're running Microsoft. It is what it is. That's what you're running. That's what you're running. Okay. Um. So that's your show. So remember, next week on Wednesday, it's not going to be Loki Wall on Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Loki Wall will be at 10 o'clock. Well, no, sorry, 10.30 next Friday. So, remember, 10.30 next Friday, and it will be that way for a while, because as I get ready to transition to this whole move and get things moved, so understand that is what is going to happen. So, spread the word. If you see people, or if you've got people, you see people gathering out on Wednesday, they're like, hey, where's Loki Wall? Just remind them, it's Friday at 10.30. I you, the hardcore, you, you amazing people who watch this whole show and hang out with us and co- communicate in the chat. I'm looking for you guys for help. So please, see point someone do it. So, All right, are, so we, let's, are we keeping let's, the name? Huh? Are we, keep, are we keeping the name Loki Walden? Uh, yeah, we'll just keep uh, keep it for right now. Um, I have, you know, yeah, okay. I could go to We Are Basementarians. I can call it Cyber. So open, but for right now, I'm just gonna keep Loki Wall. I don't know. I think it, to me, it's stuck. Yeah, we've been using it long enough. Huh? Yep. So let's, uh, um, Ryan, do you want to wrap up, or you want me to go Sailor Moon first? Uh, whichever. Um, I can go real quick because I've got to run to. Um, so just uh, if you need to, if you want to follow me on social media, it's at Reinhold on Twitter at Rhino TV. If you just want to know about gaming stuff and, um, Reinhold.org for my blog, which I'm going to start maybe putting some more articles up on, uh, now that I'm getting back into things. Yeah. And I just found the, uh, the old missing initial podcast audio of, uh, Nerd. I'm going to get that put up and start putting new podcasts out for that. I found it on another hard drive uh, last night working on um, some stuff on my computer, and I found it. I'm like, yay. Yeah. All right. Sailor Moon. Nice. By the way, Nice had 2,000 plus votes. I don't think you guys. Yeah. uh, As I I was hearing you guys talk, I was like, I, I have it on my phone, so I'm on my Facebook, and right now I'm just calling Israel a terror state. You know, you can't be a libertarian unless you're, like, talking in this Discord channel, then shit posting on Facebook at the same time about Israel. And, like, they're, they're, there's a war going on apparently right now, so, um, you know, that's, that's the essence of libertarianism. If you're not sitting there calling people out, be like, I stand with Israel, and you're like, listen here, cuck. <laughs> you know? <it's, laughs> but, you know, same thing. No more Apple shit with their, their proprietary stuff. No more uh, fighting for Israel and Iran. And, you know, the more I hear about Israel, the more I'm just kind of thinking, like, you know, certain European countries, they probably weren't that wrong. You know, <laughs> but that's, that's not a politically correct thing to say. <laughs> All right. Um, 
original character, Do Not Steal. Do you have anything to wrap up on? Uh, no, not really. We gotta talk about Liberty and Joe? No? Uh, I mean, it's happening Friday, the same place, same time. Thank you. Uh, Tried to I, bring I, down your exuviasm for Liberty and Joe this Friday. <laughs> no, uh, you know, I've, I've been failing in my duties, uh, as the person appointed to, uh, kind of wrangle that entire... Mm -hmm project and uh you know i i just have to blame work and uh it ain't easy being cheesy i'll just say it that way all right thank you i hope you're happy with yourself all right so uh that being said everybody thanks for tuning in to Liber uh to uh low-key well i was gonna say liberty too much i don't know why but thanks for tuning in thanks for hanging out i had a blast um also so don't forget friday doing that also i, I think i'm also going to start to make room in the basement because i think i might actually go back to my basement studio and record there so i don't know I, I'm thinking about it because now that it's getting warmer out, you know, Lace is wanting to use the living room more because Gunther's moving around more often, so that's her big annoyance because I, I kicked her off in the other room, so we may be moving down back down in the basement of the recording studio, so yay! Who knows? We might get better quality. So, thanks everybody. Thanks for hanging out. I'm ending the stream now. Bye, everybody. Say bye. Bye. <laughs>